Have you or a family member ever suffered an addiction? Tonight on Clutch, we discuss addictions, including alcohol, drugs, eating, and more, how they can drag you to rock bottom, and how to get back up from that bottom. Clutch, my real girlfriend across America. I'm your host, Annie. I'm sorry, Annie. Can't even say my name right. I'm just really excited to be here. Real Girlfriends Across America is a company that has a foundation and a mission to build lifelong friendships with women across the globe. We broadcast Sunday through Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We always want to hear from you because we're looking for fresh topics to discuss. Tonight we have Kelly, Alexis, Corinne, Kay, and Tawanda on the line, and we're going to get down and dirty and talk about some addictions. There's, you know, I had, I was handed this topic back up from the bottom, and it's kind of been a theme that I've been doing the past couple weeks um, when I'm hosting on Tuesdays on how to get back up after you get uh, pushed down or dragged down or fall down. And when I, when I was thinking about this yesterday, what hit me the most was um, the thing, you know, the thing that hit the most during my life and the many times that I've started over was some kind of an addiction. Um, I myself was addicted to pain pills. One of my husbands was addicted to crystal meth and heroin. Um, I've known people in my family who have been addicted to alcohol, lots of those. Um, I've lost many family members to addictions. So tonight what I want to do is just tell some personal stories about addictions and how they've, how they've drug us down or we've seen people drag them down. But I want to I you know, end it up with how they got back up again and give some hope out there because with this pandemic going on, the deaths um, due to heroin overdose and drug use has increased by 30%. So I think it's important that we, that we get this topic out there and we talk about it and let people know that, you know, we may seem all, all glam and glitter sometimes, but I've been through some shit and I'm willing to tell you all about it. So tonight I want to start with Kelly because she was one of the first ones to call in. Do you have any stories for us? Do you have anything you're comfortable sharing with either in your own personal addictions, anybody that you know and love? And so I want you to tell us about it. Hmm. Well, um, at the present time, there is one case that I can remember, but it's so many years ago, and it was a, it was a lover. I had a lover that was addicted to heroin, and um, I kind of felt when he was about to overdose and. I attempted to speak to his medical team of experts that were prescribing uh, different medications like Haldol at the time I believe he was on and um, other medications. And I went over to the team of experts and I mentioned to them that they needed to somehow review his case again because I was in a more personal uh, relationship with him and I can feel that something was going to go wrong because he was just um, continuously looking for bumps, they call it. 
when people are on right. heroin, they say that they need a bump. And there was absolutely, they would not listen to me. They said that the case was private and confidential. And, um, well, we lost him. He overdosed. Oh, I'm so sorry. Been, yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. You know, unfortunately, that's one of the ends that does happen. Um, I personally was addicted to pain pills for almost five years. Uh, and that's one of the, one of the big things that can lead to heroin abuse. Uh, people that I, you know, I had broken my neck in a car accident and I was prescribed pain medication. And at the time I was on Medicaid. So I was having a really hard time finding a, a neurosurgeon that would work on my neck who accepted Medicaid. And so when I went, um, I finally found a doctor, but it was like five years later, so I was already addicted. And, and, you know, the more you take it, the longer you take those pills, the harder they are to, to get because you're on them for so long. But I still had not fixed the problem, and no doctors had fixed the problem. But then they also – then I have trouble sleeping, so they add in, you know, anti-anxiety meds and sleeping medications. And it's just all these medications piled on top of each other. And so in my opinion, you know, this prescription uh, – passing out of all these prescriptions is one of the big epidemics in this world um, – and then you, you add on mental health and mental illness and all of this crap going on with the pandemic and people losing their jobs, and it's just a shit show out there. So what about you, Alexis? Do you have any personal experience or anybody that you know that you want to share with us tonight? Uh, I have never had um, addiction run in my family, unfortunately, but I had a friend who... Let's just say she liked to cut herself, and she was just addicted to cutting herself. She had a myriad of mental health issues, and unfortunately, um, she would always wear long sleeves, and her parents didn't know about it until um, it was almost too late. There was a situation where things got really, really bad, and she thought that the only way was to end her situation, and she decided to try to slit her wrists where the arteries were. Unfortunately, she missed, but she still lost a lot of blood, and it was a horrible situation for them. But fortunately, um, she received the help that she needed. But there are so many people out there with addiction, and it's really a problem because a lot of times people get really good at hiding the signs, and you don't know about it until, unfortunately, it's too late. You know, it's it's a crazy thing that you bring that up. Um, you know, I'm always going to share some personal things in my life, and I've I've been through it. Um, you know, addiction runs rampant in my family on my mother's and my father's side. And um, I grew up in a very abusive alcoholic home. Um, and then, of course, I married the abusive alcoholic the first time. And then my actual second husband was, he was sober when I met him. So I did spend a stint in AA, in AA and NA. And that's where I had met him. Um, and so he was sober when I met him. And then he ended up relapsing. And he did this after I had broken my back. So I was in a hospital. I was laid up. And so I, I felt all this massive guilt. But let me tell you, going from a person who had been the person in the addiction, you know, with the previous uh, since I did with pain pills, I had to go to rehab for all of that. Um, I finally got a surgery on my on my neck. And, and I've come very far from that point in my life. But I did that stint there. And I, I was the addict. 
and now then I turned into the victim of an addict who was my husband. And let me just tell you how hard that is and what the guilt that was in lying under that because I knew what I had done before, but it also put it in a different perspective for me on how, how completely blind and selfish I was in my addiction. Um, because I can tell you I wasn't intending on any of that. I just wasn't myself, and I was letting these other things control me. And it's such a hard line that people have to draw on when is too much enough. You know, that's the hardest thing in the world. You, you know, people are good at hiding it, but it's also we're also good at, at denying that somebody we love is doing something they shouldn't be doing. Or in all reality, there's not much we can do about it if they don't want to help themselves. So Tawanda, what kind of stories and what kind of input do you have for us right now? One of the things I want to share was I remember I went to East Cleveland, Ohio, a couple of years ago to visit someone and going up and down the streets um, in East Cleveland, probably about 75, 80% of the houses were abandoned. And I asked the guy um, that I was visiting with, like, hey, what's going on here? And he talked about how a lot of people had moved out because drugs came in and took over the whole area. And, you know, people that oh, could yeah. afford to move, moved. And he was an older guy. He was probably about, he's probably about 60-something years old. And he was saying that himself and a lot of older people, you know, aren't really in a position to move, so they just kind of stay there. And to just go up and down the street to see people, like, on drugs in the middle, in the middle of the day, strung out, you know, walking like zombies, it's horrible. Yeah. It's already horrible to see homeless people like that, you know, but so many people on drugs. So I know that that drug epidemic has just really taken over so many cities, states, areas, so many neighborhoods. And as far as a personal story and situation, um, yeah, I have a family member that has always been a recreational drug user for as long as I've been living. They've always just been on drugs. However, it seems like as new drugs come out, Sometimes people just go from smoking weed to, I mean, I don't know what the different levels are, but but um, he ended up getting strung out on crack, and um and he couldn't yeah. take back from that, and um and damn near lost everything. He went from his according to just hearing from his family, he went from having thousands and thousands of dollars saved in the bank in his checking and savings account to just one two hundred dollars after his bills were paid every month from being on a fixed income. And it's really, it's really horrible and devastating to see how a drug can be so powerful that it can just take over your life and your family. And the last thing I wanted to share was one of my neighbors from where my mom lives um, in South Carolina, um, a lady that lived next door, her sister had gotten killed. Her sister's name was Sylvia, actually. And one day her son, one night her son came home and he wanted more drugs and he wanted the money out of her purse. And she said no. And he beat her to death. And um, he and he took the money, and he went and got high. And they ended up finding him and putting him in jail. And when he came down, he came down, from what I was told, when he came down off the high about two or three days later, they told him what happened, and he went crazy. Yep. You know, it's, it's crazy. Um I feel a little compelled because of, of you bringing this up in my personal experience, um, you know, with, with my, I am, like I said, I am separated and I currently cannot get a divorce just cause I'm not really sure where he is. Um, but I spent two years trying to get him sober and, and I can tell you, I can attest to the fact that I watched him deteriorate 
over those two years from he was overweight before, which who gave a shit. I never said a word about it. We used to have fun and he was, he had these kind eyes. And by the end, you know, it was, I, I was terrified of him and his eyes were black and, and it was just, it was like something had possessed him. And, and it was the saddest thing to see somebody you love do that to, to, you know, deteriorate like that, but to also have to care enough about yourself to say that's enough. You know what I mean? Like it was the hardest decision that I had to make to kick him out. And, uh, and, and I just can't even express how hard it was to watch him deteriorate like that. And I tried everything. And of course then everything I tried just made it worse. (laughs) Right. Um, because I'm definitely no expert and especially being emotionally involved. So, you know, one of the big things that I think that we need to throw out there on advice is that, you know, don't try to do it yourself because, because when you're emotionally involved in something like that, um, you can make some pretty stupid decisions and think that things can help that they can't because definitely giving them money, whether, whether they're sleeping in a car or not, you know, when you give them money for a hotel room, half the time they're, if they're out of the drugs or if they're out of these, you know, whatever it is that they want to get their fix on, they're not going to buy a hotel room with it. So, you know, um, there's always there. Yeah. You got good intentions, but, but sometimes you got to just stop the enabling. So Kay, are you out there girl? What do you got to tell us tonight? Um, I don't, I don't know anybody with any hardcore addictions. I did, um, experience, um, some medication issues. Um, I was taking anti-anxiety meds and I accidentally took one too many too soon and it felt really good. And then I was like, yeah, I don't want to get addicted to this. So it took me a while to wean myself off because you can't stop those meds right away. They don't tell you that you can't stop them. Like you can legit have seizures if you just go cold. And so I had to wean myself off of it. Those prescription meds, you and I have talked about this before. I know on some of these calls, you know, about those prescription medications and the danger of those, you know, um, I've, I've got anxiety and PTSD and they put me on so many things. And I always thought it was insane that they would put put me on these medications that would make me cry all the time and be depressed. And I'm like, Oh, is this supposed to be better than being a, you know, having panic attacks? I'm not really sure which one outweighs the other. (laughs) So, Corinne, are you out there, hun? Do you have any stories for us? Um, I do have, I guess, addiction um, that runs in my family, even though I haven't been around the, I guess, the bad part of them. Um, the one thing is I was told that my um, grandfather was addicted to alcohol, um, but I was not uh, born when he was alive. And um, my, I had an aunt that was addicted to crack, but every time I would see her, she would be like the funnest aunt. So I never actually seen the down part um, of that with her as well. Um, growing up, I, I did grow up in um, the urban city. Um, so I was, and I was born um, in 83, so that was like the crack era. Um, I knew what a crack bottle looked like just because it filled our streets before I knew what crack was. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have, like, you know, when I was younger, like, they had the little plastic dolls, and they were literally, literally be thrown outside of my elementary school, and my father was like, you know, um, do you know what that is? I said, no. He said, well, don't ever touch it. I said, okay, and just went on about my life. I didn't know um, what it was until I was older, um, but I was, I guess, lucky enough to know, you know, that was something bad. Um, but the, right. the one, I mean, I was never, you know, directly 
exposed to any of that, and I knew better um, my time. You know, well, actually, I was never exposed to it directly, but I obviously grew up knowing better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, another point after talking about the drug addiction I want to bring up is that the, uh, the many other kinds of addiction that, that can be out there. Um, I know that Tawanda is going to give us, give us a good idea right now. Um, I'm going to let her reveal what I know that she, she uh, has some information on. Are you throwing me under the bus? Amen, sister. <laughs> the only thing I was asking Annie with the title <laughs> called I, being I didn't addiction. Know how to introduce it without I didn't want to introduce it and sound like a, a lunatic. Like I'm sorry. I'm sorry on that side, no. let's talk about sex. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just saying that that's an addiction too. Um I don't have that addiction. However, I do know that that is an addiction, and I was just curious to know if anyone, I know Kay probably has a story about um, something like that, or Alexis. I would just like to hear about it. Well, I'll go quick. Oh. Go ahead, sorry. Um, I was going to say that I have a phone sex addiction. Does that count? If I'm going to be thrown under the bus like that? Yeah, now tell us about it. Um, okay, wow. I actually threw my own self under the bus. So let's yeah. see. Um, yeah, yes, you, say that. yes, you did. <laughs> um, I have this thing where I like to have fun on the fun. It's my own way of having as many partners as I want without running the risk of catching anything because how the hell are you going to catch anything over the phone? You have to remember, <laughs> I study healthcare. It's drilled into us from day one, so not to put the fire out on anyone's fun. That's just my own way. And I kind of use an app where a lot of people on there are looking to have phone fun, and I developed quite a reputation to be able to make people um release multiple times is the nice way to put it. And I want me to want to do that 15 times in a 24-hour period. <laughs> so now he's <laughs> So I get random text messages whenever he's in the mood. And if our schedule works out, it's fun. What can I say? I just get really excited to have that much power over someone. Amen. You know what? There is nothing wrong with some, uh, like, some genuine, fully aware friends with benefits. That's what I'm going to say right there. Is there a story to go with that, Amy? (laughs) We're not going to talk about that right now because we're talking about sex addiction. We're talking about sex addiction. Okay, Corinne Corinne Corinne. has a story. She sent me a text message about it. Calista. Muy bien. <laughs> no, I, I literally, I, I put my foot in my mouth. But no, I um was telling a client before at one time. I have like a daily requirement. Um, 
yeah, and I'm I'm pretty like forward and up forward with that when <laughs> when I start dating someone. Like, is that too much? Yeah, so I I do have a daily requirement when it comes to that. A daily <laughs> requirement. Wow. That's a daily requirement. Right now, I'm going to a witch My boyfriend is kind of away, but yeah. A daily <laughs> requirement. Dial nine one one. Okay. I ask, what do you mean by a daily requirement? Like you have to have it in the. Like, uh, I mean, like at least. If at least one time a day, like if you're busy or something's wrong with you, like your head hurt or something, but like at least three times a day is good for me. I mean, unless well, something's I wrong you, with you, then, you know, one I have time you beat there. I have you beat there. When my boyfriend is here, it's definitely more than three times in a day, so that's normal to me. Three <laughs> times is minimum. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not the only one. So, <laughs> Kelly, what about you? What do you got to add to this? This is great. What do I add to it? Well, um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I believe in the physical exchange of man and woman for being proactive. I absolutely love it. Um, but I also keep a level head and um, have other obligations that can exhaust my energy or take my strength I would say and I am very realistic I I'm not like 16 or 18 or even 27 I think once you get to being like 35 and you kind of start slowing down because you have to begin to focus on the other necessities <laughs> well, you start <laughs> needing to place emphasis on the other uh wants and wishes that you have in life, like cooking, cleaning, yeah. uh making sure that they have, you know, you clean attires. Kelly for the next did day. You say, right. Kelly responsibility. Kelly. Right. Yes. Did you say cooking and clean Kelly, you what state are you in right now? <laughs> Kelly, well, what state are you in I am presently physically sound in the state of Massachusetts. Okay, I might call yes. you and, uh, and come through there, and take you a little <laughs> little trip, because we're not doing no cooking and cleaning for the next couple months. Sweetie. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna turn. Can you say turn up? Oh my God, Kelly! You guys are cracking Kelly? Me up over here. Yes, I'm. Yes. I'm still here. So, I'm say friend, this. Can you say turn up? Friends up. Oh, no, turn up. Oh, I cannot hear what you're saying. Oh, my word. Okay. All, all that motivates <laughs> me to want to be clean. <laughs> but there are other needs and demands as well. Um, you oh, know, no, not I, just I know. keeping your house tidy and just prayer and other activities, sewing, knitting. <laughs> Sewing and knitting, planting a vegetable garden, depending no, on the season, the semester. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, it's the basic need on demands of being or wanting to be a wife. And I do have, I love, I love the physical exchange between men and women. Please do not misunderstand this. However, oh, I also love a well-rounded life. I like a peace of mind and heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe will walk out with your lovey-dovey. So. I'm just messing with you. I understand. No. You're responsible. I'm not trying See? to be responsible. We're going to okay. break right now because I'm definitely not trying we to be responsible. Take a break. <laughs> yeah, take a break. Take a break. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Real Girlfriends Across America is on Patreon. Please follow us at patreon.com forward slash Real Girlfriends Across America. We strive to bring good content and we appreciate every show of support. Your donation could make a world of difference. Thank you for listening and all that you do. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. Hi, this is Annie with your trending news for September 29th. A U.S. man is facing prison in Thailand for blasting a resort with bad reviews. How would you review a hotel that tried to send you to prison? An American man who criticized a Thai resort in a series of bitter online reviews could soon wind up behind bars after the resort sued him under Thailand's harsh defamation laws. Wesley Barnes, an American expat living in Thailand, is accused of damaging the reputation of Seaview Kol Chang Resort with his reviews, which compared the hotel to modern slavery and the coronavirus. The Seaview Resort owner filed a complaint that the defendant had posted unfair reviews on his hotel on the TripAdvisor website. Immigration police briefly arrested Barnes earlier this month and later released him out on bail. Oh my goodness, welcome back. I'm glad we had that moment to gather ourselves. Uh, so, hey, what about you, girl? I need to know what you have to add to all this this great discussion we've been having here on sex addiction. Um, I uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm 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 just enjoying the uh, the entertainment value. Right. Well, it, on its note, I can share a little story I dated. Um, it was more than dating that I had with this man, but um, six months into it, I had I had suspected some stuff. And I am not a weirdo. I'm not a psychopath. Like, like I don't want to go through your phone. But it had gotten so bad. We lived together at that point, and it gotten so bad that I knew something was going on. And I went through his phone and like, come to find out, and this was when Craigslist was still around and they still did that bullshit hookup bullshit. And I kind of found out that he was like on there texting these randos um, about blowjobs and cars and whatnot and how much it would cost and all this other stuff. And, and of course, you know, like he said, he never actually acted on any of that, but how am I supposed to know that? And I think that it's just enough of betrayal of trust to just be talking about those type of things. And, and for those type of uh, avenues to be out there, because it makes it awfully easy for people to be tempted, you know? So Tawanda, what do you think about that? Well, the first, 
you said that Craigslist stuff was BS. I definitely disagree. I actually love that those Craigslist personals from back in the day. You said what now? No, no, I'm just you saying. What, so give me your, your. I was saying, give me. Oh your, yeah. Then give me your end of that, because I mean, I have a shitty. I back in that day, like that's what I had of Craigslist personals. That was my experience I had with it. I had never been on there. I didn't do anything on there, but that's what my experience was. Is that the man that I was living oh, really? with was like talking? Oh about yeah, that's how horrible. My job would be in a car. Yeah. So, so you know, he um, he would suspect that. Yeah, and like. And then I went through a few months of the whole he's going to go get help in sex addiction, uh, you know, classes or whatever they do, support groups or whatnot, but uh, that didn't work out. So um, that's another thing that's out there, you know. Um, and oh, that's true. On that's even true. Note because, you know, there's even things out there like eating disorders, which is an addiction, mm-hmm. um, either eating mm-hmm. too much, not eating enough, um, eating disorders are a huge thing and that, you know, a lot of these go back to mental, mental illness. I mean, does anybody out there have anything to add on maybe eating disorders or, or anything to do with uh, addiction to food? Um, I'll say something to I, that. Or go ahead to one. I, no, you can go ahead first and I'll go if um, she still has time for me. Oh, I was going to say that for the longest time in my life, I didn't realize I had a really bad addiction to sugar because I'm a plus-size person, so I did not realize this about myself until it was pointed out, and I no longer have this addiction, but at one point in my life, believe it or not, it was normal for me to eat an entire pint of ice cream all my myself. There was a stage in my life where I was drinking soda as if it was water, was eating all the sugar, and because my body was so used to it, it was just functioning fine. So there came a point in my life where I decided enough was enough, and my sister was like, well, I don't know if you realize this, but... I've been noticing you're eating a lot of sugar, you're doing X, Y, Z, it's starting to become a habit, so just to let you know. So that was when I decided to cut sugar out cold turkey. Yeah. Uh, Let me just say in the two weeks that it took my body to get used to no sugar, it's a good thing the only person in this house is my sister, Mm -hmm. and she was very supportive. Because if anybody else was in this house with a piece of candy, I would have murdered them for that tiny piece of candy. But now I'm happy to say I kicked that addiction to the point where I'm perfectly fine watching my sister inhale all her chocolate, and I don't want any. That's really awesome. Because my body is so no sugar that whenever I have too much sugar, I don't feel all that great. So I'm like, nope, thanks. You can keep it for yourself. You know, it's crazy because sugar and caffeine and nicotine are some of the biggest addictions people have, but because they don't, you know, kill people quickly, um, they don't get as much attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Tawanda, I what think like to... it's... Oh, sorry. I think it's one of those addictions a lot of people don't realize. Because if you really honestly think about it, how many of us really keep track of what we eat, right? When we want something, we just go grab it, right? I didn't realize I was 
drinking five to six large sodas in a day. And so it was pointed out to me. So now that it's pointed out to me, I purposely asked for flavored carbonated water that tastes really great. It has a fruity flavor, tastes just like soda, zero calories, zero sugar. Right. You know, it's actually crazy because, you know, that brings up us up on a whole other topic that we could talk about for days. And, you know, like with the fast food and, and the fattening, convenient food that we have here in America and the level of obesity that we have in America, like, I can't remember the percentage, but it's some ridiculous percentage amount of food that is, would not be legal to sell in other countries because they have, like, so many laws against uh, GMOs and, and whatever, you know, I know the list goes on and on about how crappy things they do, no pesticides and everything else. But it's kind of a scary thing. There's all kinds of documentaries on it. And like I said, we could do a whole show on that. But, Tawanda, I want to hear what you were going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say, interesting that you mentioned addictions because I was actually thinking about that a couple of months ago, Annie, when I, I'm always like either listening to the TV, the radio, or something on my phone. And I was just thinking that everyone probably has some type of addiction. So I'm curious to know if anyone on the line, it doesn't have to be sex, it doesn't have to be drugs or food, but I'm curious to know if anyone is addicted to anything. And I also wanted to comment that food addiction, yeah, I definitely had to check myself about different things with eating, bad eating habits, eating late at night, just getting into a different schedule, um, just having poor eating habits. Sometimes it's an addiction, like Alexis mentioned, um, I think you said sweets or something like that. So certain things, like I like bread, which I definitely don't need to eat a lot of bread. So that's one thing I right. have to be mindful of and to check myself. And then I have certain things that I'm just addicted to, you know, like with these gadgets in reference to the computer, not so much yeah. the phone, but more so the computer. So I think that a lot of people have addictions, not just a sex addiction like right. the remnant that she's experiencing, but, you know, other <laughs> addictions as well. So I love to hear if anyone has what? any type of addiction other than cleaning the house and cooking and all that stuff that the maid does, like what Kelly was talking about. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no, everything a wife does. It's not a maid. The maid, the maid walks out with your lover. <laughs> yeah. Look, the maid say, I'm cooking for him. I'm cleaning for him. I'm taking him with me for just one night. Okay, bring him back. Bring him back before the bills are due. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that I think that anything can be an addiction, really, too, if you do too much of it. You know what I mean? Like, Like most things, most things, I don't say all things, because some things just shouldn't be touched, but, uh, most things in moderation, I think you can handle, you know, we all make when we go too, too hard um, on a specific thing and we continue to do that and allow it to disrupt our lives is when it becomes an issue. So it could be anything, you know, it can, it could be work, it could be exercise. There's people that have been addicted to too much exercise and, and um, you know, and then there's people with OCD who go on a whole nother level, you know, uh, Anybody else have anything to add? Tawanda wants to I think an addiction. Sorry. I think an addiction that I am sensitive to is actually traveling or the desire to just travel uh, to many to places that I've not been to. 
with the fear of now taking planes for some reason. I just do not have the comfort that I used to in getting on planes. But I do still have a desire to travel and just, like, travel to many different places that I am yet to visit. Well, statistically, you're more likely to die in a car accident than a plane accident, so that should make you feel better. That's what they say. That's very true. That's what they Kelly, say. I have a question for you. You say you have this addiction to travel, so where do you want to travel to? Well, um, I liked Mexico. I enjoyed it. Um, so Mexico, parts of California yet, I'd like to visit. Um, some of the islands, St. Tropez, uh, Barbados. Mm, I stay away from Hawaii, so please do not even mention it <laughs> uh, for personal reasons. I stay away from Hawaii. I'm actually afraid of a volcano uh, that has not erupted. And it's Diamond is the name of this volcano. And for some reason or other, I believe that if I go to Hawaii, that volcano is going to erupt. So I stay away from that. And um, I hear that Ecuador is pretty, Chile, um, Jamaica. Um, let me see. Ooh, St. Martin. Um, Cayman Islands. Uh, wow, there's just so many different places, guys. There's a lot of places I'd like to visit. I do not want to go to Israel, and I do not want to go to Egypt. Those are places I do not want to go to. I've always wanted to go to Cairo. I want to go to Jamaica. I want to go to the Red Light District. In Australia. <laughs> Australia, oh, yes. Australia, Brazil, definitely added to the list. Made the list, absolutely. Australia especially, yeah. I'm going to take Brazil, Kelly with Jamaica. me to Jamaica. Well, you mentioned Jamaica the other day. so It's an island. It's tropical. And people are yeah, friendly. We're going, we're going to Hedonism now. <laughs> We are. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm yes. pretty sure they smoke weed there, so I'll go. Yeah, Does anybody want to visit Southeast Asia with me? No, I don't speak Asian. Oh yeah, me too. Definitely Thailand. Oh yes. Yes, Thailand's been always been mm. one of my dreams. I'm gonna drop a list <laughs> off in Africa. <laughs> I've been to Africa. Depending on which part of Africa. Deep in the hood. Deep in the hood. <laughs> See how your phone says Africa. Hey, Talk all I have to say Talk is your... I know I'm a rare commodity. So if you drop me off in Africa, how many Asians do they have over there? I'm sure I can work some to keep me you? I'm sure I can work something out. I'm sure I can work something out to keep me safe. Besides, I work in healthcare. I know a lot about 
Um, You're not going to be working in healthcare while you're over there, sweetie. Healthcare is just okay. going to be a memory. There's a big, huge dependent on where in Africa we're dropping her off, okay? Because there's, there's a big, huge difference if, if she gets dropped off, you know, in Nigeria as opposed to South Africa. So No, she's Let's, going to Ghana. Ladies, be very, that's very true. Be very <laughs> careful where Ghana. you are having interest to travel to. Because some of yeah. the countries are actually killing Christians. There's a lot of persecution that had started up again. So we definitely want to be careful and very selective, very well, informed and aware where to oh, travel. I don't want to travel out, of the, travel out of the country right now if anybody's going to realize. I'm, I'm not trying. I barely want to travel to the store right now. I guess I'm saying. I'm like, right now, we gotta, I'm, like, I'm like, we got to I'm going to go pick Corinna right up and take us to the Take her to Adam and Eve, though. <laughs> so she can get a nice... As a matter of fact, I'm just going to mail you one of my new toys I got. that I, I probably got two of them. I'm going to send you one hey, and send Kay one. Me? I want one. That's not fair. <laughs> you're, you're not having an addiction problem. Annie, you're getting some. You got, Annie, you're getting some. You got a new young boo. You're getting some. Just, All that work that you're I doing. Just, you you ain't just working at that job. You're working on that man. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we do not sit where we work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. If, if, if anybody has line. to add, now is the time to do it because we only have a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I don't hear anything from Kay about this. You want this toy? Um, I'm good. Thank you, though. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, I love you, lady. I'll take it if she doesn't want it. <laughs> I'll take it. Alexis, with all the customers you got for your phone sex um, line, I'm sure they keep you full of stuff, of goodies. Tawanda, it's not fair for you to offer to one person and not let the rest of us get in on it. I'm just I was saying. trying to offer to Kay. Okay, says remember to take it. care of yourself. Spend a week on detox. What detox are you talking about, Kay? Are you addicted to detox? Um, detox? What are you talking about? Something for your face <laughs> will light you. Are you a promotional model? Oh, that that's um. It was something that Corinne introduced me to. It was it's something called Manifest. You can basically monetize your your Instagram. Oh well, what about the beta- what about the product though? How much is that? The water. Hey girls, let's water. talk about this another time because we gotta cut off here. We only have like a minute and a half left. So. <laughs> well, why <laughs> you couldn't give us some more time? Uh, thank you so much. time. In. If you're interested to uh. find out what price they are talking about, then you know follow us and listen <laughs> to next show tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to talk about another right. great topic tomorrow. Make sure that you're well, joining us. Stop saying another great Thursday. topic. What's the name of the topic for tomorrow? I don't know. That is Alexis' call, and Alexis is no longer on the, the line. Oh. What happened? She, went, she, had, she, had a, she had a client appointment? <laughs> oh, good Lord. And anyway, yeah, Amanda was on the line as well. Oh, hey, Amanda. 
No, she she well, disconnected as, as well. I'm sorry. So I'm she didn't get some of her addiction. Next time. We can do another show on this, obviously. We have plenty of time. We yeah, have exactly. Because I have an addiction I want to talk about. Okay, well, we got to do that on another night because we only got like 40 seconds. So I'm going to get, I'm going to cut out. Thank you guys for calling, listening to us every Sunday. Thank you. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, clutch on to your best friend and stay tuned.